For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, we just do thank you for the chance to gather this morning, just to sing together, to be together, to hear your word. Lord, just thanks for the gift of sending Jesus for us. And I pray that right now, God, you would just stir in our hearts a joy and an anticipation of the hope that we have. And give us your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We've been doing a series the last couple of weeks called Jesus is Our Joy. I had asked about 20 people in our church, hey, answer this question, Jesus is our joy because. And so I collected them and I kind of filtered them in to uh, four categories of what they said Jesus is our joy. And the reason for that was because we are anticipating Christmas. We live in between the coming of Jesus and his second coming, the already and the not yet. We are looking forward to Jesus coming back again, but he has already come. And if you haven't seen somebody in a long time, and you're waiting for them to come, and you're waiting for them to come, what you do in that meantime is you remember what they did and why you loved them in the, re- in the first place. You think, about the, you think about them, you look at old pictures. And so what we've been doing is taking little snapshots of Jesus' life to stir in us, some joy of why we love Jesus and why Jesus is our joy. And we looked at Jesus is our joy because he's aware of the burdens that we bear. And Jesus is our joy because he drives out fear. And this morning we're going to look at Jesus is our joy because he is near. And what I mean by that is he's personal. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Mark is telling the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And as you go through Mark, it's one of the shortest Gospels, he just tells these quick stories about Jesus. And towards the end, right before Jesus goes up into Jerusalem, before the crucifixion, he's on his way to the Jerusalem. And it says in Mark 10, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to give his life as a ransom for many. It's the word many, when you read that, make your heart rejoice. I mean, does it, when you read that verse, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many, that should really make you smile. Because Christmas will mean the most to you when the word many means much to you in that verse. Because what that means is Jesus did not come 
for us to serve him. He came, even though we are called to serve him, he came to serve us and to serve many. And if you know Jesus Christ, you're part of that many. And that, that's the whole heart of Christmas. And then he goes on to the story about a guy named Bartimaeus. And this morning we're going to see that Jesus is our joy because he's near, because he's personal. And why that's important. He's personal, and Jesus is our joy, and he's near to us, and he's very personal to us, really for who he interacts with. It says he's walking to Jericho, and it says he's leaving Jericho, which was really close to Jerusalem. And there's this great crowd with him. His disciples are with him. There's this massive crowd with him. Jesus is very popular at this time. He's healed a lot of people. He's done a lot of miracles. All these people are around him. He is like a celebrity. I mean, everybody wants to be around him. And he's heading up to Jerusalem. And then it says Bartimaeus, which really is, says son of Timaeus, which really is, he's Timaeus' son. Bart means son of. So he's really the son of Timaeus, who people know he's just this beggar. He's on the side of the road. We don't really know how long he's been there, but he's been blind for a very long time. And back in that culture, if you were blind, the best you could hope for was to stand on the side of the road and just beg. You were pretty much a nobody. You were an outcast of society. Nobody wanted to mess with you. You just begged. And if if maybe somebody would pass you something to help you survive. People would lead you there in the morning, come back, pick you up at night, And you'd live off whatever you could scrape up. And Bartimaeus had been doing that for a very long time. But it says, and Jesus is walking by. And he's got this massive crowd of people around him. He's got his disciples. So he's got his friends. He's got the people he knows and he loves. And he's got this massive crowd as well. And then all of a sudden, this blind guy just starts yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. He's screaming at the top of his lungs. Jesus could have kept going by. I mean, he had everything really that he would normally, we would say he won. He's got his friends. He's got, he's got the crowd around him. But he doesn't do that. Jesus actually stops and he calls Bartimaeus to himself. Jesus is our joy because he's very near. He's extremely personal. He goes to the person in this crowd who has absolutely nothing. I mean, Bartimaeus was pretty much an outcast of society. I mean, he was, if you're blind in that society, you're absolutely overlooked. In our society, if you're blind, you're often overlooked. I mean, he was obnoxious. I mean, the people were, he was crying, screaming out, so much so that this loud crowd, people were telling him, shut up, be quiet, don't mess with him, stop talking. He was an outcast, he was overlooked, he was obnoxious. He was probably extremely overworked. And this is all he could do. He'd just stand there day after day. I mean, he was pretty much on his way out of society. All he, He's past his prime. There's really nothing else that he was good for. He's pretty much just on the, on the side, just waiting to die. He was an obligation to people. I mean, somebody had to pick him up every morning and say, Hey, come on, Bartimaeus, let me take you to the side of the road. And then somebody had to say, Oh, yeah, I can't do that. i got to stop and pick Bartimaeus up and bring him back home. I mean, he was a nobody, but Jesus went over to him, and he says he stopped. And Jesus had great compassion on him. And with all his friends, and with all this massive crowd, the person that Jesus went to was blind Bartimaeus. 
Jesus is very personal. I mean, everybody came in here with something. Some of you maybe feel a little outcast, a little overlooked. People think you're obnoxious. You feel like maybe you're past your prime. You're not really sure what my, what my point in life is. Jesus does not overlook you. That's who Jesus will go to, who he comes to. He has great compassion for people, which should say to us, do we have compassion for people? Are we just so busy that we just keep moving on, moving on, never really stop to think who's in front of us? Jesus is not that way. He's, he's very near to us. He's very personal. He comes to the person who needed him the most, who's, who's exhausted, who has nothing to offer. That's who Jesus came to. And then he interacts, interacts with him in a very special way. I mean, this is a blind guy who had absolutely no hope whatsoever, but all he could think about was probably all his life he'd heard about Jesus. Jesus was very popular at this time. And he'd heard about Jesus, and he probably thought, if I had one chance to see Jesus, what would I do? Because he's not going to notice me. But if I have have one opportunity, what would I do? And so what he does is he yells out when he finds out, someone says, hey, Jesus is coming by. I mean, Bartimaeus had to think, this is my one chance. I mean, I've heard of this guy. He's healed people. I've heard of all these different things he's done. He's coming by me. What am I going to do? How am I going to set myself apart? And what he does is he yells out, Hey, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Nobody in the Gospels, nobody in the Gospel of Mark said that. Nobody said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. We're not even sure why Bartimaeus said it. Nobody understood at this point who Jesus was, that he was the son of David, the promised Messiah. But for some reason, Bartimaeus said, I've got to say something that's going to wake somebody up, get Jesus' attention. And I'm going to say, hey, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Nobody else said that. And he called it out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops and calls over to him, And he asks them directly. And the crowd, I mean, they can't believe it. I mean, it says the crowd rebuked him, and all of a sudden Jesus stopped, and he called them. And then the people said, they called the blind man, and they said, take heart, which really they said, hey, cheer up. He's calling you, which they were probably pretty upset. I mean, they had everything going. They were moving along. They were ready to celebrate. This guy's being obnoxious. They're saying, shut up, shut up. All of a sudden, Jesus says, hey, call them. And they're like, okay, fine. Cheer up, buddy. He's finally going to talk to you. He wants to see you. And blind Bartimaeus, he goes over to him, and Jesus interacts with him. He has a great compassion on him. But that would mean nothing if Jesus couldn't have helped him. You can have all the compassion in the world, but if you can't do anything about it, it's just, it's nice to have compassion. But Jesus interacted in a very personal way. He interacted, he came to Bartimaeus and said, hey, what what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you? And he said, I want to recover my sight. Which means he probably wasn't blind all his life. He wanted to see again. And the good news about that is that Jesus is our joy because he cares for us, because he's personal because he interacts with people just like us who don't have it all together, who are messed up in many ways, 
You struggle with all kinds of things. He's compassionate, but he also has the power to do something about it. He can help us. Because he came to Bartimaeus and he asked him what he wanted. Bartimaeus said it, and Jesus recovered his sight. He has the power to control things that we don't have the ability to control. Much of our lives are spent out of our control, aren't they? Much of the things that you worry about, that you want to fix, that you wish you can change, you have absolutely no ability to control, do you? That's why they bother him so much. Because we can't control our lives. And we have all these things that concern us, all these, these things that weigh us down, all these things that we regret, all these issues we wish we can change, and we can't do nothing about it. And we need some mercy. We need some help. Bartimaeus could do nothing about being blind. But he came to the right person who could. And Jesus had the power to change it. And Jesus is very near. He's very personal to us. And why is he that way to us? Because he, of how he interacts. Bartimaeus said, have mercy on me. Of all the things he could have said. But he, he recognized that there was something not right with him. There was something that he needed. And when Jesus came to him, it says in verse 50, and this is pretty amazing. It says, they said, hey, cheer up. He, Jesus wants to see you. So he says, take off your cloak. And, and Bartimaeus sprang up and came to Jesus. Throwing off his cloak. I mean, if you're a blind, poor man in that culture, you're dependent on everybody. You don't have much. You hold on to everything you got. Jesus said, hey, come to me. Bartimaeus gets up and he just drops his coat. There's a massive crowd of people around. Is he ever going to see that coat again? How's he ever going to find that coat again? But Bartimaeus knew that Jesus was different. He was absolutely convinced that he was not going to have any problems finding that cloak again. After he got done meeting with Jesus. And he comes back. He sees Jesus, and Jesus says to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. This doesn't mean that it was all Bartimaeus' faith that helped him recover his sight. His faith was the means that God used to help him recover his sight. Jesus had been calling Bartimaeus for a long time. There was something in Bartimaeus that he said, no, if I, if I could find out who Jesus was, if I could meet Jesus, then I'd be different. And then Jesus knew where he'd be walking. He knew that Bartimaeus would be on the side of the road. And the reason that he asked Bartimaeus what he could do for him, because Jesus knew, was because before this, the whole chapter of 10, is a bunch of people who doubt Jesus. They don't believe that they can help him. So Jesus is asking Bartimaeus, hey, what do you want me to do for you? Because he's going to show everybody, this is what faith looks like. This is what faith can do. And he says, your faith has made you well. You might be this morning being like, man, I am just so, as a Christian even, I'm so distressed, I'm so frustrated. It doesn't seem like uh, Jesus is, is working out for me. I believe. And you're praying and you're like, if I just, if I just had more faith, if I just had more faith, if I could just really believe like that person did, if I really just put all my faith in God like that person did, then my problems would be figured out. That's not what this is saying. It wasn't that Bartimaeus was so awesome. The question is not for us. Do you have enough faith? 
The question for us is, do you have enough Jesus? Because it's not your faith in how much faith you have. It's in who Jesus is that makes all the difference. So if you're struggling this morning, you say, I believe, but it just doesn't seem like it's working out for me. The question isn't, hey, I need to build up more faith. The question is, you just need to take the faith that you have and take it to Jesus. The wrong question to ask is, do I have enough faith? The question is, do I have enough Jesus? And the way you get Jesus is you just keep coming back to Jesus. And Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Because faith, it says in Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. That's all that Bartimaeus said. He believed that God existed, and then he sought him. It doesn't say he had a tremendous amount of faith. He just had enough faith to come to Jesus. So if you're struggling, you think, man, I just, I just need to do more. I need to be more like this, and then God would bless me. No. You just need to come to Jesus. And doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts and say, I want to know more about Jesus. And that's what happened with Bartimaeus. The question isn't, do you have enough faith? The question is, do you have Jesus? And Jesus was the one who had all the power to fix the situation, had all the power to change the situation, and he used Bartimaeus' faith. Jesus is our joy, or should be your joy, or can be your joy, because he's near. He is personal, and he's personal for a purpose. He came to ransom and rescue and redirect your lives. The Bible says we are all sinners, we needed to be rescued. We needed someone to, we know things aren't the way they're supposed to be. We needed someone to help us out. And Jesus did that for us. He, he ransomed us. He paid the penalty that we could not pay. He rescued us. And then he wants to redirect our lives. There was Erwin Lutzer, who was the pastor at Moody Church for many years, just retired. He had a good friend who was an atheist. Didn't believe in God, but they were good friends. They just discussed back and forth who Jesus was. Well, he passed away. The atheist died this past week. And Erwin Lutzer just wrote a great little article about his friend. And as far as Erwin Lutzer knew, he didn't know if he ever did put his faith in Jesus. And what he said is very true for us. The problem is you may think that, hey, my life is good. I've got things figured out. I don't, I don't need mercy. I, I, I can handle these difficulties on my own. First of all, that's not true. And we all know it. we need help. And often we need help outside ourselves. And the Bible says the way to get that help is Jesus. Well, let's just pretend for a moment that you could handle all of life's issues on yourself. And you survived life without getting any help. You pulled yourself up in your bootstraps all the way through. You survived. You dug in. You worked hard. You were successful. Ultimately, though, at the end of the day, that's not going to help you. Because the Bible says when we die, we understand before God. And what we need before God is an advocate. We need somebody who will say, I've covered them in my blood. I've rescued them. I redeemed them. And if you don't have an advocate, you can be as successful as you want in this life. You can enjoy all the kinds of success. You can pull yourself up from the bootstraps and not have an advocate before God when it matters the most. And Jesus is our joy because he's near and he's personal 
And when we go through the difficulties of life, now he's for us. But most importantly, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, by coming in human form, dying on the cross, when we die, and when we stand before God, Jesus is our advocate. He's going to be very near to us. He's going to be unbelievably personal to us. And if you know Jesus Christ, he's going to say to the Father, he's mine. He's covered. He's covered in the blood. And the Father will say, welcome home, good and faithful servant. There's a reason that Jesus is near. He's personal for a purpose. And he just says, come. Come, come, Emmanuel, God is with us. This morning, we have one week before Christmas, and you may feel frustrated with the difficulties of life. There's so many things you can't control, and you may not feel like God is there. Jesus is very near. All he wants you to do is turn to him, even with the smallest amount of faith, and say, God, help me, and Jesus will help you. He will intercede for you. He will be there for you always. He just says, come. Come, O come, Emmanuel. Because in Jesus, we have hope, peace, joy, and love. Which is all the things that Bartimaeus came. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And if you know Jesus, you're part of that many, and that should stir in you great joy. But if you've never in your life had a moment where you said, you know what, I need mercy, I need God's help, and doubted some of your doubts and said, Jesus, I believe, today you can just say, God, I don't understand everything, but I know I need some help. And Jesus, show yourself to me, and the Bible says that Jesus will. He is very near to you. He will be very personal to you. And he will be the greatest hope and is the greatest hope that we have.
your kids are grown When there's too much space and you feel alone And you're worried if you got 